Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. It's me, your host, Preston Shuttlesworth, with another episode of the podcast. Um, I hope you've been enjoying these podcasts, and I'm glad that I've been able to do a back-to-back episode since I've been home for uh, a few weeks now, so... I'm happy that I've been able to stay consistent with what uh, I promised in the beginning, which was every week, and I know it hasn't been every week, but we're here this week, and um, I'm going to continue to put out these episodes because of the response that it's been getting and all the people that have been uh, encouraged and enjoying the episodes, and so I'm glad that it's helping people, and um, this episode especially is geared towards younger people. I would say people that feel called into ministry, people that feel called uh, to do something for the Lord, people like me, you know, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I decided to even make this podcast is because I don't want my generation to go through life feeling this tugging and this calling from the Lord, but feeling unable to accomplish that purpose that they have in God and feeling as though they'll never be able to um, lay hold of the promises that God has given them. I want to do everything I can and um, understand that I am in the beginning stages of my own ministry. You know, I'm not 10 years down the line. I'm not fully established yet. But you're listening to someone that's on the same path as you, someone that's pursuing this call, you know, doing everything they can with what they have now to you know, please the Lord and pursue that calling. And that's what these episodes are designed to be is something, you know, for all age groups, but especially for young people, because, you know, I understand that as a 21 year old minister, my target audience and the people that listen to me mostly are going to be around my age or younger, you know, and um, I understand that and I'm self-aware of that. And so I want to make things and produce content and, you know, podcast episodes and preachings and things that will help my generation. Because for every discouraging thing that people might say about my generation and for every, you know, negative thing about how, you know, my generation's lazy and my generation isn't on fire for the Lord and my generation is this and is that, I believe that God reserves a remnant within within each generation. And I believe that me and you are a part of that remnant. We're a part of the young group of people that God is raising up for this last period of time. And before Jesus comes back, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of one last great revival in my country and in my world. And I believe that God's going to anoint and raise up young people to do it. And so today's episode is about calling. You know, and the very first episode I produced of this podcast was about calling. And, um, the quality of my microphone and the whole setup I had for that first episode is like night and day compared to now. Um, but it's still something that's on my heart all the time. And it's something that when I pray, God speaks to me about because you have to have dedication to your calling. And that's what this episode's about because I see a lot of people, you know, especially when you go to Bible school, you meet these people 
that are so on fire. You know, they have so much zeal for the Lord, so much love for the Lord. There's so many things on their heart that they want to do. But, you know, as they go through Bible school and maybe after they graduate or maybe they don't even finish school, they just leave and they go do something. It's almost as if that calling that they talked about all the time and you could tell that there was a calling on their life. For whatever reason, they lose focus and they abandon it. You know, maybe it's financially. They just feel like there's no future in the ministry. So they settle for a a nine to five job and they work and there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't want people to under to go through life thinking that they missed out on what God wanted them to do and that it wasn't possible and that all these ambitions and all these dreams and all of that tugging on their heart and all those encounters they had with God, whether in Bible school or outside of Bible school, that it was all for nothing. That is not true. And a life in the ministry, full-time ministry, where you do the thing that you know you're called to do is 100% possible. You don't have to go through your life disappointed and frustrated and confused and asking God, you know, why did this never happen and have these regrets of did you miss out on what God had for you? That will not be your story. Your story will be one where you accomplish everything in God that he had for you. You'll understand that there was a reason why he called you and that everything he called you to do, you'll see it happen in your life. And I believe that for every person that's listening and I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me, you know, if your parent turned ministry or not, or if you're, um, you know, 55, 95 or 13, there's a calling that God has for you. And there's something that God has specifically in mind for you to accomplish for his glory and his purpose. You know, so don't let anyone ever discourage you and tell you that you're not capable of something or that God uses different kinds of people than you or allow even yourself to disqualify yourself and say, well, you know, if I had this personality trait and if I was like this, then maybe I could, you know, really go after this calling. No, if God called you, that's enough. And when you have dedication to your calling and God you know, puts a calling on your life. You don't need anybody else. You don't need the approval of man. You don't need somebody to, you know, encourage you every day. You know, there's nothing wrong with receiving encouragement from people and being uplifted by people. But if your entire purpose, your entire calling is dependent upon the words of people to build you up and tell you that you're capable, then in the same way, people can tear you down and people can you know, dismantle you in the same way they build you up. Don't allow people's words to build you up and tear you down, but stand firm on the rock of God's word, which is unchanging and is always approving of you and is always wanting you to accomplish everything that he has for you because that's the word of God and that's the calling of God. God called you. Man didn't call you. Your mom and dad didn't call you. Your pastor didn't call you, you know, Your boyfriend or girlfriend did not call you. Your brother or sister did not call you. But God Almighty called you. And God Almighty will make the way. And God Almighty will provide along every step of the way. So don't become dependent upon people and man. And become dependent upon their words and upon, you know, uh, for instance, let's say you don't have anywhere to preach and you feel called to preach. Well, maybe you should get your mind off of a man opening a door for you to preach and get your eyes on God and say, God, well, 
nothing's really opening up for me invitation-wise, but God, I know that you called me. And when you shift your focus from depending upon a man to depending upon the Lord, that activates your calling. And so when I get into today's topic today about dedication to your calling, I want you to understand those things, that your calling is possible in God, that it will happen if you believe and if you dedicate your life to living pure and pursuing that call in your life, it will happen because God's not a liar and God's not some cruel God that will put all these hopes and desires and ambitions in your mind and give you dreams and all these things you want to do and then make it impossible for you to accomplish them. That's not God. God's not you know, crazy. God doesn't give callings to people that he know that he knows will never see them happen, but he calls people to ministry that he knows that if they dedicate their lives and if they really focus on the thing that he's calling them to do, that they can see it happen and they can see it happen quickly. That is, you know, the promise of the believer that God will do exactly what he said. And God, you know, he's not going to call you to frustration and disappointment and confusion, but God will provide every step of the way. He'll open every door and he'll give you access to every good thing and every good promise that you know you can have. And so I want you, if you have a Bible, I'm going to use Second Peter chapter 1 as kind of our core text today for this topic of dedication to your calling. And um, it's a really, really great chapter to read if you ever just get discouraged about your calling. I mean, it's not very long, but if you just like step-by-step go through it and apply it to your life, it will help you greatly in this area of dedication to your calling and just pursuing your calling. And uh, so I'm going to begin reading in 2 Peter chapter 1 and begin in verse 3. The Bible says, His divine power, God's, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So I want you to see that first off. That God has granted to us his precious and very great promises. And then in verse 3, it says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So never think that God is not powerful enough to deliver to you the things that pertain to your life and pertain to your calling. That's completely untrue. Never think that God is not wanting to bless you and not wanting to carry you into your purpose. God, with his divine power, has granted us access to all things that pertain to life and godliness. And he has granted us access to his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of a divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So God's intention with us when he calls us is not to keep us in the systems of the world and keep us weighed down and pressed down, you know, and oppressed and, you know, discouraged by the world and its systems and what happens in the world. No, when God calls you, he separates you among and out from the world and gives gives you access to his precious and very great promises, which make you a partaker of his nature. So when I'm called by the Lord, no longer am I dependent upon this world. No longer do I have to go through a roller coaster of life where there's bad days and good days and good weeks and bad weeks and that my whole life 
is just dependent upon, you know, if the if the news today is good or the news today is bad or if the stock market is up or if the stock market is down. No, my life is called out and separate among the world and my source and the one that I receive every good thing from is unchanging. He doesn't change his mind about me for the Bible says in Numbers chapter 23 verse 17 that God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should change his mind. So when God has called you and when God has placed you know an assignment and a task upon your life God is not going to change his mind and say well I you know wasn't in the, in the best you know state of mind that day when I called so and so and you know things aren't going to work out no God knows your end from your beginning God is the alpha and the omega and God will not change his mind about you for the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 17 that every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights for whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning meaning that God gives good gifts to us yes but then also he doesn't have variableness he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't, you know, bless you one day and then, you know, curse you with poverty the next. He doesn't heal you one day and then want to, you know, riddle your body with sickness and disease. God's nature is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when he calls an individual, when he calls someone like you or me, he intends for that calling to be fulfilled. God does not want his word to return unto him void. In fact, his word cannot return to him empty or void, but his word must accomplish the thing that it was sent to do. So if God's word on your life is that you will be a great soul winner and that God will use you to be an influence and a blessing to your generation. If God has called you out from among a great amount of people and made you separate and God has, you know, given you all these great promises that you know you can possess, then he will do it. So it's not dependent upon whether God wants it to happen or if God can make it happen. The question becomes on our behalf, the ones that are called, will we be dedicated to the thing that God has called us to do? So look at verse 5 of 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, for this very reason, the reason of us, you know, getting the divine nature of God, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, Notice how it's increasing. Notice how these qualities on our life should not be, you know, going in the negative aspect or staying the same. But these qualities are increasing upon the life of someone that's called. Notice that if these are increasing, it says they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, and he says that if these qualities of virtue and steadfastness and self-control and knowledge and faith and all of these things, if these increase upon your life, then you will have a fruitful and effective ministry, that you will become fruitful and effective in the knowledge of Jesus. You know something? There's a lot of people that know a lot about Jesus. They went to school for eight years and got their master's and their doctorate, but they're ineffective 
deceptive and they're unfruitful about their knowledge. They know a lot about Jesus. They know a lot about God. They could tell you every, you know, you know, part of the old Hebrew temple and what the showbread was and what the offering table was looked like and all these different things. They know every word in the Greek and in the Hebrew. They know every original translation. They can quote to you entire chapters of the Bible, but they're ineffective and they're unfruitful with their knowledge of the Lord. Because if you don't increase with knowledge, if you don't become increasing with you know steadfastness and virtue and faith and with love, if you're not on an increasing path, if you're not more in love with God today than you were yesterday, if you're not increasing more today than you were last year, if you're not on an upwards trajectory in God, if you're not seeing more happen and God do more in your life and you're not seeing God, you know, over exceed your expectations and do more. If you're not on the up and up and increasing in faith and virtue and love, if you're not being promoted, if you're not advancing and going forward, it's because you've become you know, unincreasing in these gifts and qualities, and also you've become ineffective and unfruitful in your ministry. But that will not be your story. Your story will not be one of ineffectiveness and unfruitfulness and frustration and lack and poverty and all of these things that don't belong to you. No, your story will be one of increasing, that you are always advancing in your calling, that your faith was increasing, that your love for God was increasing, that the fire that burns in your spirit was not going to burn out, but you're adding fuel to your fire. You're always on the, you know, on, on your knees praying every night. You're always, you know, expecting God to do more than he did yesterday. And your life will not be, you know, this steady area of decline or, you know, going backwards or staying the same. No. You're going further. You're going to somewhere that's new. You're going to a better place. You're going to somewhere that you never even imagined you could go. And the calling that God's placed on your life is one of that, one of increasing, one of effectiveness, one of fruitfulness. God did not call us to be unfruitful and produce nothing good and do nothing effective. God did not call us to remain small and to remain insignificant. No, God has called us to great things. And when we're faithful and the little, Luke 16 verse 11. When we're faithful over little, God will make us ruler over much. But the problem with our generation is people get so discouraged and so beaten down and thinking, well, God will never do this. You know, he might do it for my uncle and he might do it for so-and-so, but he won't do it for me. That's a lie. Why? Because the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. And so if God used someone like T.L. Osborne or Smith Wigglesworth or Dr. Bill Winston or T.D. Jakes, why can he not use you? God is no respecter of persons and the calling that he's placed on your life is not insignificant. It's not little. It's not small. The things that you're in charge over now might be small, but it's not God's intention for you to stay there your whole life. It's God's intention to promote you and increase you and enlarge the area of influence that you have in your life and in your ministry. God's intention is for you to lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. It's like the prayer of Jabez, Lord, 
increase, you know, the enlargement of my habitation. You know, when you pray, you shouldn't pray these prayers of like, you know, I just want to be humble and I just want to take what God gives me. No, God says, ask of me the nations and I will give them to you. Sometimes the problem is not that God wants to keep us small. It's the problem that the enemy has made our prayers small. He's made the things that we ask small and insignificant. You know, he puts people in this mindset that like, we just have to take life as it comes. And, you know, some people get big things and some people get small things. You know, that is total nonsense and a lie. You know, you think of the parable of the servants and the talents, how God gave, you know, the master, excuse me, gave talents to all the individual servants. And that you know, one of the servants hid it in the ground because he was afraid. One multiplied what was given and brought it back to the master. And the Bible says the master was pleased with the servant that multiplied what was given. Given, but the one that was afraid and hid what he had in the ground, even what he had was taken away and given to the servant that did the most. So God, his intention with us as his servants is not for us to stay small, but he demands multiplication. He demands fruitfulness. He demands effectiveness. He demands increasement in every area. And I believe that for myself and I believe that for you, that you don't have to stay small, that the place you're in now, maybe it's not where you want to be one day, but you won't be there next year. Next year, you'll be at a different place in the Lord, a new level of faith. You're increasing every day in the things that God has called you to be. You're increasing every day in the qualities that God has given to you. You're increasing, you're advancing, and you're being promoted. That is the path of the righteous. That the path of the righteous, Psalm 37, should be like the breaking of noonday. Oh, have you ever seen the sunrise? The sun doesn't rise a little bit and then go back under, you know, and then it's dark again. No, it continues to advance until the entire earth is covered with its light. That is the path of the righteous, that it shall be like the breaking of the dawn, that we are constantly going forward, that we're not going backward, that just like the sun rises and it doesn't drop in the sky and then go back up. No, it stays on a continual path of going forward and forward and forward. That will be your path and that will be your ministry, that you won't stay small and you won't stay insignificant and you won't stay in this place of feeling like you're ineffective and unfruitful. But no, God will bring you into a place of powerful effectiveness, of promotion at every turn at advancement at every opportunity that you don't have to take life as it comes but you can speak by faith big request to God and say God I want you to use me in a great and mighty way to shake my generation and do something for you God I don't want to stay small but God I want to be used to do great things father use me in a mighty way use me in a way that will help my generation use me in a way that I will be set apart in different, that I can carry the fire of the Holy Ghost to my generation. You don't have to be insignificant. You don't have to just scrape by and struggle through your life in ministry, but you can have abundance and overflow, and you can be well supplied and have abundance in your life in ministry. That is the path of the righteous, and that is the promise of the believer. Always be increasing. Don't be satisfied. Stay hungry. You know, there's a lot of people that stay where they are because they don't want to go any further. They don't want to take the steps of faith that's necessary to go further in God. They just want to, you know, stay where they are and they just coast through life and they get in this mode of just, you know, 
apathy, where they don't really care about going further in God, but they have enough to provide for them and their family, and then that's enough. They don't care about anything else. But that should not be the mindset of someone that's called by the Lord. The mindset of someone that's called by the Lord should be that I am always going higher. I am always going farther. I am always going further. I am always increasing. I'm not staying in this place, but I'm going to a new place in God that's better. You know, and there's no selfishness in that kind of mindset. That's the kind of mindset that God wants us to have. Because, you know, like in the parable of the servants and and the talents, he gave more to the servant that multiplied the most, you know. If there was like a religious mindset that the that the master had in that story, he would have taken, you know, the talents from the servant that multiplied the most and then evenly distributed them to all the servants that were there. But that's not how God works. He gives the most who does the most. You know, because why? Because that's how God works. That's covenant. God does the most for the people that do the most. God's not going to do the most for someone that doesn't care and is apathetic and is afraid to multiply what was given. God multiplies the person that he calls that pursues that multiplication and brings back to the master fruit and is effective in their ministry. And that will be your story in Jesus' name. You know, I think about something a lot, but think of how many people, you know, that go to Bible school and they feel called in the ministry and they feel like there's a calling upon their life, but they get sidetracked by life circumstance and problems. You know, a family member gets sick and so they use that as the excuse. Well, I got to go home and I got to take care of so-and-so and, you know, a year goes by and they just get a job and they quit the ministry and they give up, you know. Here's something that will help you and encourage you. That if you're in the ministry, God will promote you just if you don't quit. You know, just if you don't give up. You know, when I was in Bible school, I remember uh, I had a whiteboard that I brought with me to my dorm room. And my dad was dropping me off. You know, he drove me to Ohio where I went to school. And he wrote wrote on my whiteboard, he just said like, don't quit. Don't quit. You know, like a very simple thing to write. But think about it. Like if you don't quit and all these people around you are quitting, God will have no choice but to use you. Because if, you know, everyone quits but you, God will have no choice but to bless you and anoint you and use you for your generation. Don't quit. Don't get sidetracked and discouraged. You know, don't allow, you know, financial issues or health problems or all these sorts of things to take you off of path and get you on the wrong track and make you quit your ministry and become discouraged and feel like God can't use you. That's a lie. God will do exactly what he said he would do. And if you don't have a word from God like that, then you should fast and pray until God speaks to a word about your life and hold fast and cling to that word until it comes to pass. But don't look at what everyone else is doing. Don't get sidetracked by everything in your life and every circumstance that you go through. Don't compare yourself among every other person that you went to Bible school with. You know, the Bible says don't compare yourself among each other because it's unwise. But a lot of young people, they get in the state of mind and they follow, you know, all their friends from Bible school on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and they see, well, they're preaching here, they're doing this, and they get discouraged and like, why am I not doing this? Well, it's because maybe God hasn't called you to do that just yet. Understand 
and get a word and direction from God of what he wants you to do. And whatever that thing is that he has called you to do, pursue it with your whole heart. Pursue it with all your strength. Pray to God every night and say, God, I am going to pursue this calling that you've placed upon my life. I don't want anything else. It's the most important thing to me that I live out my calling and my purpose in you. Stay locked in to what God is leading you to be and what he's leading you to do. You know, God has stages of his calling. You know, I shared this on my Instagram a few days ago, but I'm going to quickly go through it because God spoke to me. You know, I was reading 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2. I'll actually just turn there very quickly and show you because people think it's all going to happen at once. That, you know, you go to Bible school for a year and then boom, God is going to, you know, unleash everything that he has for you for your whole life in one year. That's not true. God has seasons and God has you know, areas of development in your own life where he's leading you and guiding you into all truth and you're growing in faith and you're growing in wisdom. Even Jesus himself, the Bible says, grew in favor and wisdom with God and with man. So there's a progress of going forward in God. There's new things you learn about God. There's new revelations you acquire. There's new abilities in the Holy Ghost you develop over time as you train and teach yourself and immerse yourself in the word and develop a stronger prayer life and you listen to preaching every day and you know you just you become you know you know uh you allow the word of god to just be deposited into your heart and transform you and mold you into the man or woman of god that you're supposed to be there's a process to god and there's stages of calling so i want to show you something that god spoke to me earlier in the week and i'm going to elaborate a little bit more than even what i shared on my social media but here's what the bible says in second timothy chapter 2 verse 20 It says, now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, and ready for every good work. So what God showed me and study this week from that portion of scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 21, God has a stage, stages of calling. There are three stages of calling. The first stage is what Paul said, set apart as holy. And this is the most important stage because this is where God reserves you to himself. This is where God calls you to himself. This is where as a little girl or a little boy, you probably have memories of God setting you apart. Even when God would speak to you when you were very, very little. You know, I was called into ministry when I was four years old. You know, my parents didn't dedicate me when I was a newborn and they waited and they just forgot, I guess. And when I was four years old, they remembered, oh, wait, Preston hasn't been dedicated. And so my father was a traveling preacher at this time and uh, he was preaching for a, a ministry family of ours and we were in the service and my dad just felt to dedicate me that day and that night in that service. And when he called me up to dedicate me, he laid hands on me and he prayed, you know, a dedication prayer over me. And when he prayed for me, I remember distinctly the spirit of the Lord speaking to me as a little boy and calling me into ministry. And I wanted nothing else from that point on. So God has this first stage of calling where he sets you apart. He puts that calling on the inside of you, even if you're very young. 
you know, you have this desire in you, like I, you know, I know I did, where I didn't want to be like everybody else. I didn't feel a need to go to every party that my friends went to or, you know, a- any party at all. I didn't feel to, you know, immerse myself with a bunch of friends that I didn't need to have and, you know, develop all these habits that wouldn't be beneficial to my calling. Why? Because I knew I was set apart by God to be in the ministry. And I knew that this calling upon my life required dedication and focus and me not turning to everything and being influenced by people, that my life was set apart and my life was holy, that it didn't matter that everyone else was doing one thing. I wasn't called to be like them. I wasn't called by by man. I wasn't called by my friends. I wasn't called by my teachers. I wasn't called by my sports coaches. I was called by the Lord. And my life didn't belong to me. And my life didn't belong to any person. Person on the earth, my life and my vision and my dreams and my purposes and everything in my heart, it all belonged to the Lord because I was called to Him and I was set apart for Him and I was called to Him. He called me and I loved Him. I didn't want to give my life to anybody else. I didn't want to, you know, ruin my calling and what God had set me apart to do by doing some stupid thing. You know, you think of the life of Joseph, how he was tempted by Potiphar's wife and he fled it because he said, how can I do such a wicked thing against God? And that's how my life was growing up as a young kid, being a preacher's son, you know, growing up in the ministry. But I had a personal, individual, unique calling on my life. And I'm sure you do too. And that thing that God has called you to do, first, he sets you apart. First, he makes a distinction between you and other people because not everyone's anointed and not everyone has a calling in the ministry, but you do. And I do. And so I know I can't live my life like other people that are not called in the ministry because I'm called to live higher. I'm called to live holy. I'm called to be separate because my life is not going to be like their life. My path will not be like their path. The things that I'll do in my life are not going to be like the things they do in their life. And so I don't do the same things. I don't say the same words. I don't drink the same things or smoke the same things or smoke anything at all because my life is separate and I've been set apart for a special use and I am going to be a vessel of gold and a vessel of honorable use, not someone of dishonor that pollutes their body and fills their life with all these unclean things and they present before their eyes every day things that distract them from their purpose and damage their gift. I will not be that person because I've been set apart. I've received the anointing. I have something upon my life that God has made a distinction to make separate. And what did God say? He said, come out from among them and be ye separate and be holy and you'll be my people. You can't be God's person. You can't be God's man or God's woman or the person that God wants to use until you separate yourself from this world and you understand that I will be holy just like God is holy and I am not going to be like everybody else because I don't have the same calling as everybody else. But our generation, that's been lost on them. Very few preachers preach on sin and preach on about staying pure and staying righteous and staying holy before God. But it's the most important step. It's the first stage of the calling upon your life life, being set apart as holy and being fit to be a vessel for the master. That's the second step. Once you're set apart, now you become useful. 
Because how, as you become set apart and as you receive the anointing and as you receive a vision for what God's calling you to do, now God has a use. Now God has a function that he can use you to operate in. Now God can use you to do certain things. God can ask you to speak in your youth group and people can get touched by the power of God. Now God can use you to be an influence to your friends at school or an influence to those that are around you. Now God has a use for you, but that's not where God wants to stay. That's not the only place in God because there's a third step in God in the calling of God the third step is you become ready for every good work because in that second stage that I mentioned useful to the master someone that's useful is only used for certain things you know you can't use a fork to eat water you know you can't use a spoon to eat um I don't know Anything that's like you can't use a spoon for. There are certain functions of certain things. Forks are used to eat certain things. Spoons are used for other things. So the second step is you become useful to the master. But that's not where God wants you to stay. Because it's not enough to just be useful. You must become ready. That you don't just become useful, you don't just stay and you only operate in one place and one function, but God wants to prepare you in your calling to be ready for every good work and for every assignment and for every task that he might ask you to do. That's the purpose of God. That's where God wants to take you. God wants to bring you to a place where you're useful, not just for certain tasks, but you're ready for every good work and everything that God's called you to be and everything that God God's called you to do. So the problem with my generation and our generation, younger people that are called, is they want to be at stage three when they haven't gone through stage one. They want to be ready for every good work. They want to preach to 20,000 people in a stadium when they don't have enough, you know, self-discipline to not watch pornography and not drink alcohol and not go to, you know, places and parties they shouldn't. You know, they want to be at stage three when they don't want to submit to stage one. You know, you go to Bible school and you meet people like this all the time. People that want to be at stage three. People that call themselves prophets and people that go around saying whatever they think is in their head and they do things they shouldn't do because they're wanting to go to stage three without going to stage one. They want they don't want to submit to anybody. They don't want to take correction from anybody. They don't want to learn anything from anybody, but they think they're all that in a bag of chips and they think that they're Billy Graham part two and they think that they're Reinhard Bonnke part two, when they don't realize that all of the great men of God that have ever existed went through a stage and process of their life where they were submissive and obedient to leadership and they obeyed the correction and the voice of the Lord and they set themselves apart in a room and prayed for hours upon hours upon hours a day because they knew that if they don't set themselves apart, if they don't fill themselves with the power of God, what use is the things that they say? If they don't fill themselves up with God, then what's going to come out of their spirit? They understood that I can't be ready for every good work. I can't access everything that God wants me to have if I don't first submit and become set apart and become God's chosen people and become a royal priest and become useful and set apart from the earth that no longer am I a dishonorable vessel
vessel and someone used for dishonorable things. But God has sanctified me. God has purified me. God has made me gold. God has made me silver. God has made me precious. God has made me honorable. God has transformed me. That I have become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That no longer do the things that entertain me before entertain me now. That no longer do the things that satisfied me before satisfy me now. Because I've tasted of a heavenly gift. And I've seen what God can do with a person who's wholly dedicated to the work of the Lord. And will do anything in him because they've set themselves apart and they've dedicated their life to seeing God use them to shake their generation. That's how I want to be. That's who I want to be. That's who I want you to be. Someone that's so dedicated and so in love with Jesus and falls in love with the Holy Ghost and wants to be empowered to do a great work. Someone that understands that you can't do it in your own power and you can't do it in your own strength. But when you receive the Holy Ghost and when you live your life as a pure vessel, that you know you value the Holy Ghost more than anything in this earth you value the Holy Ghost more than anything this earth could offer you more than any person could offer you that your value and your identity is not found in the words and affirmations of people but it's found in the rock steadfastness of the Word of God in the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's who I want to be and that's what will shake our generation not people that preach to be quoted and not people that preach to be on some graph somewhere and to promote themselves and to brand themselves and to become this person that's so consumed by commercialism and self-seeking ideas and humanistic concepts that they forget the basic precepts of the word of God and they forsake the anointing of the Holy Ghost. No, I will value the Holy Ghost and the word of God and anything that moves the heart of God will move me and anything that does not move the heart of God will not move me. That's who I want to be. That's what will change this generation. That's the kind of dedication to your calling that you must have to shake your world and to shake this, you know, period of time and to shake your area of influence and to do what God has called you to do. So I want you to understand this today. That when you pursue these things and when you dedicate your life to being pure and to increasing in all these virtues that Peter talked about in 2 Peter chapter 1 and you confirm that calling and you remain dedicated to your calling, that's how God can use you in a great and mighty way to shake your generation and to set people free. That's the only way. Be set apart, become useful, become ready to the, for every good work. Set yourself apart as holy, become useful to the master, and then you become ready for every good work. I want you to know that I love you today that I want you to accomplish everything in your purpose that God has for you, that I don't want you to miss one thing, but I want you that even as you're young to be used in a mighty way to set our world on fire and do something that's meaningful and of eternal value to the area and the area of influence that God has given you. You are going to increase. You're going to multiply. God's going to bless you. God's going to open the doors. God's going to make a way where there is no way. But you must become dedicated to your calling. Don't forsake it for anything. Don't turn away from it and become distracted by anything. Don't allow life circumstance to deter you and keep you off path and keep you off track. No, you will be everything in God that God wants you to be. And your story will be one of a constant advancement increase and promotion as you become dedicated to your calling. I love you.
I'm going to see you next week and talk to you next week. Be on the lookout for uh, the website. You know, I'm making a website for the, the ministry someplace for, you know, people to connect. I'm going to have materials on there. And uh, I'm just doing everything I can to uh, pursue that call of God on my life. And I know you are going to do the same thing. So uh, next week, I'm going to be back right here Friday morning for the podcast. Uh, I'm going to be traveling this, uh, this month for a revival. God's doing great things, and the, this virus and this pandemic is not going to stop what God's doing. God's going to have his way, and God's going to do what he wants to do, and he's going to use you and me to do it. So I'm going to see you next week, and I love you. God bless you, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.